Your Story with Melinda Estabrooks, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. Listen for new episodes every Monday and subscribe to the podcast at faithstrongtoday.com. Our stories have the power to connect us, to inspire us, and give us courage. On Your Story with Melinda, your story matters. Well, welcome back to another show on Your Story with Melinda, and I have a treat for you. We're going to find my guest in her closet office (laughs) in Texas via Skype. So we're going to have a treat here with Emily Thomas. She's the host of her amazing podcast called Mom Struggling Wow. And she's joined our team here at Faith Strong today. And you're going to hear all about her in a few minutes. But let me tell you guys a bit about her. Emily Thomas once taught, I love this, juveniles in the prison system, and that did not kill her. (laughs) This is how she knew she could survive parenthood. Before kids, she was a teacher, a nurse, and a world traveler. And now she mostly travels around the house Picking up toys. (laughs) I love that. And as a podcaster, her heart, Emily's heart, is to encourage worn out moms and share guests to help her listeners and herself, let's be honest, move from just struggling to struggling well. Emily, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It's great. I love that I can see your clothes and everything behind you. Is this really your Mm -hmm. closet office? For real, it's my closet office, yes. And you do. I didn't have a quiet place to record. I have two little kids, and so the closet was the place where I could lock a bedroom door and have a little space. That's you know what? That's good. That might be something for like HGTV or interior designers to to note, right? Yeah, kind of do a closet. Yeah, kind of dampens the sound. So kind of have a closet slash office, so you don't need Mm -hmm. two rooms in a house anymore. That's a great idea. I need to market that one. Yeah, that's true. We can go in on that together. Okay. okay? Well, let's start with this. First of all, welcome to the family. I'm thrilled that you're part of our team here at Faith Strong Today. Thank you. And we'll be able to hear you on Saturdays on faithstrongtoday.com. So that's awesome. So now we're kind of like sisters and colleagues now, even though you're from Texas and I'm from Toronto. This is good. We're bridging the gap and divide. Bridge it. Yeah. But how did you get started on this? And why mom struggling well? Obviously, there's a story behind the title of your podcast. I want to hear it. Tell us how it all began. Okay. So several years ago, I started a blog just to talk about, like a lot of people have a blog to talk about their kids and their life and whatever. And then um, I started, I realized that was not that conducive to parenting for me because I was always telling the kids, be quiet. I'm writing a blog post about what a great mom I am. And that didn't really make sense. <laughs> um, and so then I started an Etsy shop to like of scripture and just coffee quotes and whatever. And that was really fun. And I loved encouraging moms that way through custom art pieces that I could make. But I felt like the better that went, the less time I had with my family. And once again, it was not conducive to being a mom. And then I just felt like the Lord had placed on my heart that I really needed to lean into the role of being a mom. I wasn't able to, I've never had kids. I've never been pregnant. Um, And so for six years, we tried and we're not able to get pregnant. And during those six years, I really kind of invented that I thought being a mom was going to be all beautiful all the time. And um, so when it wasn't, when it was real life, it was kind of a rude awakening for me. So then that's kind of, I think, where things like blogging and Etsy shop, they became what I was focusing on instead of my kids because I could get 
people would say, oh, I like that. You're doing good instead of I hate this chicken. And why did you do this again? And I don't like these clothes and whatever. And so anyway, after the vlog and the Etsy shop, which were, you know, they did well. I felt like God was pressing on my heart that you need to lean into this role of motherhood. It's hard, but, you know, it's a gift and it's beautiful and you need to not find other things to find your value in. And so not that we need to find our value as mothers, but we shouldn't ignore the role either. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, my kids' needs were all met. I was not ignoring them, but I just, I wasn't letting that be as big of a deal as it needed to be in my life. And so when the idea of a podcast came up, I it just felt God pressing on my heart that I needed to have it be for moms, have it be one that's real about how it is it's beautiful and we love it and all the things we know that we're supposed to say and that a lot of times we do feel about the role of motherhood, but sometimes it's super hard and we feel like we're really alone and we're isolated and nobody understands and I'm not allowed to say out loud the things that I think because they're not correct or whatever. And um, especially I think as Christian moms, we feel like we need to, I don't know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so therefore <laughs> yeah. we should never be upset and that's just not true. And there's a lot of examples of people in the Bible who were quite upset and had a lot of struggles. And so just the concept of struggling well, I remember sitting around a table with some friends and one of my friends said, you know, we just need to struggle well. And I thought, oh my gosh, I just always wanted to wait until I didn't have to struggle anymore. Um, so the idea of struggling well kind of really blew my mind. And so that's what made me want to interview other women and say, how are you doing this well? What surprised you the most when you started the podcast? Like when you started it off, Emily, did you think, Will there be a lot of people that will listen or is it more just you and some of your friends? You know what I mean? Like whenever you do something like this, you're like, is anybody going to be really listening and relating? Were you afraid about that? And what really surprised you as one of the one of the biggest challenges that moms face the most? Is there like a, a one big theme that you found, too, when you've been doing the podcast as well? Your first question about what I was surprised yeah. about. I really didn't know if anybody was going to listen. And it is embarrassing to take a step out and go, well, it's probably going to be me and my mom. Um, and my sister. And, uh, and that's okay. But honestly, it was a little selfish in that I just I really wanted to know what's working for people. And I really wanted to develop a resource kind of for myself. And if other people benefit, awesome. And yeah. it turns out that they do. And it turns out that they love it. And the community that is kind of being formed around mom struggling well, and the hashtag that people are using, and just it's so encouraging. I I've been blessed, so blessed by the whole thing. I I'm humbled to be a part of it, mm -hmm. you know. And then the second question, what was it? What, what did you, what have you found so far has been sort yeah. of a, a, one of the biggest themes that you would say moms are struggling with? I mean, there's, yes. a, whole, there's a whole range of things that moms obviously mm -hmm. are going to struggle with. But what would you say you're finding is maybe one that they're relating to more? Okay, so one of the questions I ask each of my guests is, what advice would you give a mom who is dealing with whatever it is they had just said they were dealing with? Sometimes we have really great advice and we don't take it, but yeah. we have good advice to give. And so I find that most moms, the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, you're not alone. So I think, again, we feel like we're the only ones. People can't relate. I'm blessed. I've been very blessed with some fantastic women um, around me in my life who have helped me grow and mentors and all that. But not everybody has that. And especially when you're in your house and you've got kids who, you know, have all these needs all the time and it's just isolating. So to know that we're not alone. And then I'm thankful to have women come on and to share all their different struggles. And so every moms are learning to relate to each other who don't think they would have something 
that in common with some of my guests and then moms who are listening who hear my guests say, yeah, I had postpartum depression and I didn't even know postpartum anxiety was a thing, Mm -hmm. you know, and then the listener goes, oh my gosh, I've been dealing with that and I didn't know that it was a thing either. So it's been wonderful. My, My biggest takeaway is when someone will, I can see on someone's face and in their body that they're like, relaxing, like, I am not alone. It's huge. Isn't that big? Because a lot of times, I mean, for me, you know, I'm going to be getting married soon and it's a blended family. And I'll be honest, there are times where, you know, you do feel guilty saying, do I really want to take someone else's children and really say, they're mine and love them that way. I mean, Mm. and it's hard because you feel guilty because you have these real feelings. Like, can you really say these out loud? What will that mean about me as a person, especially someone who's a Christian, who's supposed to love Mm. everybody? And I think that's important that there is a place where women can be honest because motherhood looks very different for so many people. Blended families, you know, families that have been like hurt by divorce, you know, infertility, all kinds of things. And for Mm. women, you sit there and you do feel guilt because you're like, I should be this loving, nurturing, amazing woman that can bake, cook, clean and everything spotless. And then you sit in your pajamas and you're like, I'm not. And I feel like crap and I'm feeling, you know, really bad for myself. And so I think what you're doing is opening up that place where women can say, it's not just me that's feeling this way, but other women are too. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. It's amazing. It really is. How do your guests and you talk about that guilt that women feel about how they're supposed to be, but they're not? You know, like for me, I don't like to cook. And then sometimes I feel guilty that I'm not like Miss Baker or Betty Crocker. And I don't like cleaning and all these just different things. There's these roles that we put on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And yet it's not me or I just am not good at it. You know, what what has been the advice that you've heard or that you would give to somebody like me who's saying this? (laughs) Well, I think it's interesting you should say that. Yesterday, I interviewed a girl who wanted to be a stay-at-home mom her whole life. And she got placed in front of her. She actually, one day, she made a diaper bag to pass the time because she was very, very pregnant. And it blew up into this huge business. And now she works full time making making bags. And she has like a whole group of people who make bags with her. And so it's called Better Life Bag, by the way, and it's fantastic. And you should buy them. Um, (laughs) But anyway, so she feels guilty that she's a working mom who never intended to be a working mom. And then just right before I got on the this call, I was interviewing a girl who always wanted to have a career. And now she stays home with her kids and feels guilty that like she she has these gifts that she feels like she wants to use and yet she's home so I think it's a different variety of guilt no matter what Mm -hmm. and so just I think just calling it out and going yeah I mean this is my this is my version of mom guilt (laughs) but um we don't have to live under that God God has gifted us all in different things and it's all for different seasons and God can I love Romans 8 28 he can turn it all into being a good thing yeah, that's just awesome. trust them with it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, no, and I the love guilt. That. I had a guest who told me something and it really changed my perspective. She said guilt is general and con- conviction is specific. And so when you're feeling this mom guilt, just a general, I'm not good enough. Um, I'm never going to measure up in any of these areas. That's not from the Lord. He wants to convict us in specific ways, like you really shouldn't have yelled at your kid just now, or you really are spending too much time on Facebook or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that is specific so that we can't change. Guilt is just general, makes us feel bad. And that's not from the Lord. You know, yeah. that's so good to be reminded of that, right? Because 
I think for a lot of women, you know, we live with that, just like I said. And I think I love how you say mom's struggling well, because I think sometimes we've created a culture or a mindset where you're not supposed to necessarily struggle. Everything's supposed to be okay and good. And I love the idea that, no, actually, the struggle is real, but we just need to do it well. Like, how are we going to do this well when we just want to like strangle our kids and we want to just want to walk out of the house and not do the dishes, not do anything, not, you know, just walk away and go to a Mm -hmm. spa for a week. Right. And I think that's really key. Yeah. I keep trying to put in my, I keep trying to put in my two weeks notice with my husband (laughs) and he's saying he won't accept it right now. So what about a week or a long weekend? I know. It's a good idea. I know. I need to do it. So for you, I mean, you've been through a lot of your own struggles as well. I mean, you've talked in on your blogs about, you know, infertility and, and the struggle of having kids and adoption. When I read that, I was like, because, you know, I'm adopted. I'm an adopted kid and and see such the benefit of being part of a, of a family. Talk to me about that whole process, because I think, you know, for a lot of people, I know a lot of friends that are going through that. Some of my friends have adopted. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about that part of your story and how that all came about and, and the adoption. I think the biggest thing I remember about that, it's been, a, we didn't, we couldn't have kids and for no reason, which is kind of maddening when it's called unexplained infertility. Well, explain it so we can fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we never got an explanation um, other than God has a plan and we're not God. So, but in the beginning, it just felt really overwhelming. Like, where do you start? And so we looked at, um, I really wanted to be pregnant. I wanted that experience, you know? So we looked at like embryo adoption. Um, we looked at first, we, tr- you know, we tried fertility treatments and uh, we got to a point where we felt like, and every, it's a different thing for everybody. It's everyone's journey. But we got to a point where we felt convicted that there are kids who need homes now who are already born. And so then God kind of moved our heart towards adoption. But it, we didn't start off that way, you know. And people mm-hmm. say, oh, you're amazing for adopting. Well, we wanted kids just like anybody else. Like, I, I don't think it's me. <laughs> I don't personally think we're amazing. I think we just wanted to have a family. But um, mm-hmm. anyway, so slowly after just kind of getting started in the process that seemed very overwhelming, we we ended up with an agency and they we loved them because they really ministered to the birth mom. I always cry when I talk about birth moms, so please forgive me if it happens. Um, but they they are important and they are kind of vital to the process. Mm-hmm. If they are not honored, then they don't feel like they want that role. And ending a pregnancy is easy and it's not expensive. And so the fact that they carried the baby and then chose, sorry, here I go, and then chose a hard choice for them. It's not an easy choice to carry a baby and then leave a hospital with nothing in your arms. That, that's not easy. And so to do that is brave. And um, so the more I learned about the agency and what they did to love the moms well. They would care for all the needs they had up to the pregnancy and then after, including counseling. We'll pay your electric bill. Like, what do you need? We want to love you the way Christ would love you. Um, then that really helped us know that we were at the right agency. So, Emily, you know what? That's beautiful. That for us. It's beautiful because I got a chance to finally meet my birth mother 30 years yeah? later. And okay. you know what I said to her? Her name was Dory. And all I just said was, thank you. I said, thank you, Dory. She was 18 and she was raped. And wow. um, she had a choice to either have me or not. Mm-hmm. This makes me this makes me teary, too. And at 18, um, she never told her parents. And uh, she had me. And then she wow. left me in an orphanage with the hope that I'd be okay. And so 30 years later, I got to tell her and I held her hand and I just said, um, thank you. 
And she looked at my dad. This is my favorite part. My dad's German. He's a big six foot man. And he bent down and he hugged Dory and he said, thank you, Dory, for giving a dad a daughter that we absolutely love. And Dory reached up. She's four seven. Reached up to my big dad <laughs> and said, "Mr. Estabrooks, thank you for answering the prayer of a mother for thirty years because I had wow. no idea." And uh, can you imagine not knowing? No, she 30 didn't. Years? Thirty years, she prayed every single day that I would wow. be okay and that I'd be alive. And wow. so it was the most amazing. I say this, you know, for a birth mom, it's the greatest gift. It's the biggest sacrifice, and we need to honor birth moms because yeah. it's a big decision and it comes with a lot of love and heartache and so she then married on and she has six kids i have six half brothers and sisters okay and just uh last december uh we went back we built her a new home provided for her family and uh she's doing extremely well and we're in contact so it's an amazing story she's in the philippines i'm here in canada and outside of toronto and it's an amazing story but i i love when you know, there's tears about the birth mom because, you know, sometimes they're forgotten. You know, it's like yeah. you're adopted. There's a whole backstory to that, right? And so, yeah. but I got and to I see that. And I think for the kids, you need, they need to know where they came from. Yeah. And they know that you, you know, change their diaper and feed them macaroni and cheese. And they know that you, you know, do all those things every day. But where do they come from? Why are they like that? Why do they look that way? Why are they good at volleyball? Why do they not like broccoli? Like all of these are questions that they have. And some of those you can't answer. And you've got to be humble enough to know, like, I I don't know the answer to that. But let's try to find out who does, you know, let's, let's do what we can. And, and every story is different. Some, Mm -hmm. some adoptive parents don't want to know the birth parents. Some birth parents don't want to know the adoptive parents. I mean, the whole thing is just so painful. It can be, there's a lot of loss Mm -hmm. in adoption that we don't ever talk about because we're just talking about how wonderful it is that a baby has a new home. But I don't know. In our story, the wrinkles aren't all ironed out (laughs) with my kiddos birth parents, but, um, we, we pray for them. We talk about them. Um, well, we speak well of them. And I know the story's not over yet. And so God is still at work. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, you know what? I love that, you know, and I think that, you know, I think as an example of just, you know, my parents who really said, you know, you're a gift. And my dad thanking Dory was, I think, one of the most beautiful things, you know, like Mm -hmm. just him saying, thank you for what you did and affirming to her, her choice that she made 30 years ago was, and for her, I think it was like this relief. She went, you know, like I don't, she's not under shame and yes. guilt, it was, she was, you know, that even though that was a hard nine months and she never told her parents, her parents passed away. She never told her parents because she was wow. under shame. We actually then prayed over her and said, the shame is lifted. Mm-hmm. You don't have to live under guilt anymore. Yeah. You know, this is, this is really a redemption grace story. And I remember, and we all, the three of us hugged and it was, it honestly, Emily was like the father's love. This was God mm. at its best as far as the orphan and the widow and family, you know, That's because he puts the lonely in family. So I was going to say that. Yes, right. He puts the lonely in family. And so mm-hmm. I, I, you know, and I, whenever I hear people who are adopting too, I just say, thank you from an adopted kid mm. who says, thank you. So I'm so glad that uh, you've done that. So you have two kids that you've adopted. Yes. Right. A girl yes. and a boy. boy. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because they're not related, but they look just alike. Oh, really? Oh, that's awesome. And are they a lot of work or are they just great joy every single day? Oh, 100% of the time. No, they really are <laughs> lovely. They are darling children. They are funny and they 
I don't know. They really are delightful. If I can take a step back and real, you know, and not look at the shoes on the floor and that they seem to not be able to find the dishwasher. I don't know why. Yeah. Like it's in the same place every day, but they won't put their stuff in the dishwasher. I don't know, but they, they're darling. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So as we look more into your story, did you ever think that, I mean, you would be here doing a podcast adopting these kids, had lived in Asia. I mean, what, when you were a little girl, what was your thought for your life? I mean, was it any, any look like this right now of your life or was it something completely different? Oh my goodness. That is so funny. I haven't thought about that forever. Well, I wanted to be, do you know who the Judds are? Yes. Okay. So I wanted to be like the third one. I know that there is a third Judd actually, (laughs) but I wanted to be the the singer, the third singer. The third singer. Yeah. Yeah. They never called me though. No. So, do you sing though? Like, do you, would you say you're a good singer? Uh, you know, I did. I sang competitively. Yeah. So that would be like the thing I did in school and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So you wanted to be a singer, but instead, yeah. instead I'm a talker. You're a talker. You're a podcaster. And yeah. then how did you end up in Asia? I think, you know what, when I read about that, how you were in Asia, how did that happen? Okay, so my husband and I, I was a teacher before we got married. And like I, like you said, I taught inmates um, high school. And wow. then we got married and my husband was like, you know what, I really want to go serve somewhere. And um, in we looked into lots of different things. And one of them in China, they were looking for native English speakers. And so we went over there and did that because I already was a teacher. And as long as you had a bachelor's in anything and you were a native English speaker, then so he went over and became a teacher too. He's an engineer. That's how we did that. Did you like it? I mean, it must have, you know, before when we were doing talking before the interview, I mean, it was a little tough, but what was your experience living over in Asia? Your thoughts about that? Okay. So it was, it was rough. There was some, I wouldn't consider myself like a princessy type of a girl, <laughs> but I went over there and I, I felt, um, there was just a lot of things that were different than obviously they're different, you yeah, know, and yeah. I, I'm not so ridiculous to think that America's better, but I was used, there was just portions of time where we didn't have water and electricity. And so that was kind of new, but then on top of it, I also had we were dealing with infertility. So mm-hmm. I honestly think that if I wasn't really wanting a baby and not able to have a baby, my time there would have been really different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I learned a lot, though, and God used me greatly despite myself. But he there's just so much I don't want to. I found that God used me even though I was a little bit I was obedient in my physical self going because my husband wanted to go. Mm-hmm. But um, God was faithful to used me even though I was struggling to be there. And it wasn't it wasn't because of China. It was just because, like I said, I, I really wanted to have um, kids. And I just felt like I wasn't at a place where I could do that or get help or adopt or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but God, God faithful to uh, teach me a lot about obedience and how obedience is not just having your body somewhere, but like having your heart there too. Yeah. And so over time, over time, I, I really realized that first, I mean, I had nothing. I love the Chinese people. They're lovely. They're lovely. Their culture is lovely. Um, they're so hospitable. They have, they, they taught me a great deal about how to love people well. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think a lot of times, I don't know about you cause you're Canadian, but we sometimes think in America, like, Oh, my, my house isn't nice enough or my room's not big enough to have people over. I couldn't possibly like invite my neighbors. Like what would they think? You know, but in China, like 
no, you're coming over and I don't really have much to give you, but I'm giving it to you and it's because I love you. And so mm-hmm. I learned a lot about hospitality from the Chinese people. It was awesome. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, when I lived in Asia, it is that they open their home, their heart, their food, everything, right? To uh, Their food's amazing. Their food, please. Oh my gosh. Did you yeah. like, did you eat dim sum there? Do you like dim sum? Yes, we ate everything oh. with joy. See? We can't eat Chinese food here. It's I know. Not even the same. I no. hear you. I hear you. So I'm, um, <laughs> no, and I miss Asia. Like, I, it's been a long time since I've lived there. And so when I go back, I'm like, wow, the world is so big. It's mm. not just North America, right? You realize that the world yeah. is so big and there's so many amazing people doing amazing things. Yep. You know? For sure. Awesome. Yep. Finally, we have just a few more minutes. Your thoughts on following Jesus? Because part of, you know, your story here on the show is, you know, there's a thread about your faith in God. How has he, I mean, you've been through a lot of struggles or must have been sort of those fists in the air kind of prayers like, God, really, I really want to be pregnant. You know, God, I don't really necessarily want to be in Asia, all these struggles. Mm -hmm. But what are your real and authentic thoughts about him and your relationship with him and what he's meant to you? through your life. It, it might be another hour show, Emily, but no, yeah. <laughs> let's go for it. Honestly, and this I'm going to cry again. I'm really going to try not to, but okay. you were asking me some good questions. I have been through hard things. Everybody's been through hard things. But again, Romans 8, 28, he, he will turn everything out around to be something good. And he's done it to me so many times that I don't wonder if he will. I just wonder how he will, you know, mm-hmm. because he's super creative. And the Bible tells us that he, he does more than we could ask or think or even imagine. And so I've seen him do just thing after thing where I'm like, wow, Lord, you're good. And so the thread of through all that, like you said, is is just been God's goodness. When I wasn't good, when I wasn't faithful, when I on purpose went the wrong way, um, he he's just he's good and kind and merciful. And and he's not a God that just like judges from afar. Like he's not distant. He's he's present and he gets in our dirt with us. And um, the Bible says he's the lifter of our head. He just, he looks at us and says like, you're my girl, you're my, you're my boy, I love you. And so uh, the, each trial that I go through, I get to learn more and more. Um, I see a different facet of God's goodness. It's awesome. That's good. Really. I, you know what? I'm like tearing too. I've got my Kleenex here and I don't... <laughs> That was good. I so appreciate your honesty, Emily. I really do. And for you viewers and listeners, you need to check out Mom Struggling Well, the podcast on facestrongtoday.com on Saturdays and on Joy Radio on Saturdays. And, you know, Emily, when you're up in Toronto area, up in Canada, you've got to come visit. I've never been there. I would really? Like yeah. Okay, you definitely need to come up and visit us and hang out and we can cry together and we can laugh and we can <laughs> talk awesome. all kinds of things. So thank you so much. Thank you You're so much so for welcome. being on the show. Really appreciate so it. So welcome. Okay. It's my pleasure. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. bye. Thanks for listening to Your Story with Melinda, an exclusive presentation of faithstrongtoday.com. Listen to past episodes by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes and join the conversation with Faith Strong Today on Facebook.